0: Welcome back, everybody, to the Know-It-All Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Jerry, the Fantasy Football Know-It-All. You can find me on Twitter, at FFKnowItAll. I hope everybody is doing amazing this week, and you're sitting here listening to the show 1-0 and 0 in your respective leagues. I was lucky enough to win my flagship league first game in the League of Goons. We'll see if I can hopefully get off to a 2-0 and 0 start for the first time since... 2014. I'm usually one and one, and then I take off from there, and I usually have a winning streak, and I, I make the playoffs, and I've done pretty well in that league. But I want—I'm I'm on a quest to win a second championship, so let's see if I can do that. We'll we'll—I'll keep you posted. I did fall short by a couple of points in the Skull King fantasy writers league it's an 18 team uh ppr league that is a real real tough and cutthroat league i have fell i came within four points toward the end of winning that game however i will bounce back and we'll see how we do this week i do want to mention that the know-it-all fantasy football podcast is a member of the skull king podcast network if you don't know what skull king sports is you need to get out there and check it out it is the newest and most up-and-coming sports site on the web. There, We cover every sport from NASCAR all the way on through to horse racing and the big four sports in basketball, baseball, football, of course, and NHL hockey. So make sure you guys check it out. You can find my stuff on there as well. I do cover the Steelers for Skull King Sports, so www.skullkingsports.com slash Steelers, and you'll find my stuff there. So we're going to go ahead and cover injuries. We'll go through every single injury and where we, where we are right now, and and I'll let you know how I think the players will perform if they take the field or if they're questionable. I'll let you know my thoughts on whether or not they will make their start. And then we'll hop over to each game, and I will break down starts and sits for every position in each matchup for sunday and even monday night before we get into that though i want to tell you guys about another podcast that i personally listen to it's called the morning smoke clt join my man g as he covers a variety of topics that are not only near and dear to his own heart but that all of us can relate to in one way or another you've heard me talk about this week in and week out if you're like me and you enjoy relaxing with a beverage and uh, a fine cigar, a cigarette, or even a pipe, then the Morning Smoke CLT is for you. Trust me, friends, you will not want to miss it. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or anywhere that fine podcast can be found once again the name of the podcast is the morning smoke clt you can follow g on instagram at the morning smoke charlotte so make sure you give it a listen guys you will not regret it so we're gonna hop right into injuries here and we'll start at the top with saints wide receiver michael thomas now we looked at the stat line the other day, 3 for 17, and I said, wow, there's something going on there. Now, I had no idea at the time that there was an injury. They did not say that right away, but now that explains a lot. Reportedly, it is a high ankle sprain, and it was worse than they originally thought when they, uh, when they made the announcement earlier in the week. So now it looks like although Thomas wants to play through this injury, it doesn't seem likely the Saints are going to let him do that because they are contending for a Super Bowl. They want him back at full strength, and this could lead to him being out for uh, the year, whereas they can go without him for the first couple of weeks. They are 1-0, and so he's going to miss multiple weeks. We don't know how long that's going to be, but we uh, he hopes and everybody hopes, his owners hope, of course, that he returns within a few weeks. Emmanuel Sanders and Jared Cook figure to be the main beneficiaries of that situation, but look for Traquan Smith to be sneaky there as well. He could be a streaming option or a beat the waiver wire target if you can add him now, and he seems to be available in most leagues at the moment, so something to consider. We'll talk more about that when we get to the matchup. Le'Veon Bell has been placed on injured reserve by the Jets, and... While placing a running back on injured reserve is never a good thing, especially with a hamstring injury, he is eligible to return in three weeks. So it, it, it's really not that surprising, as, you know, Adam Gase did say Monday that Bell could be out a couple of weeks. Um, Lamichael Pirine is also nursing an ankle injury. Frank Gore and Josh Adams pretty much should dominate the touches out of the backfield here. Josh Adams is an interesting guy to stream this week, next week, and maybe possibly the next week after that. Frank Gore is not getting any younger, folks. And yeah, I guess he can still run, but he doesn't excite anybody. I think Josh Adams is going to have his share of carries and touches and opportunities granted, the Jets' offense is not all that good, so we'll have to really look at all of that and how it plays out. Certainly a streaming option here. Gore isn't a guy that you should be starting in any format. Sticking with the Jets, Denzel Mims, rookie wide receiver, also landed on injured reserve, also with a hamstring injury. It it seems that hamstring injuries are the most prevalent. Now, they're common anyway, but with COVID-limiting the workouts and the uh, team-sponsored events, and certainly the preseason, maybe that's a reason why it's happening more and more with these players. That said, he will miss at least the next three weeks with the injury, and he will be eligible, along with Bell, to return in Week 5 against Arizona. Jamison Crowder and Chris Herndon are still on hand here. Now, Crowder is questionable as well because he's been missing practices. So we'll have to keep our eye on him. And Herndon is is back from suspension and injury. Hopefully he can continue. He had a decent week, week one, uh, on the, in the Jets' offense. And uh, those two should be the main guys catching passes from Sam Darnold. Again, it's really tough to predict the Jets' offense to be anything other than non fantasy relevant, but there are going to be some guys. Definitely Crowder and, and Herndon is definitely somebody that you can keep your eye on in in the tight end landscape. Henry Ruggs III played through a knee injury this uh, this past week against Carolina. Now we're not quite sure what that means as Ruggs is limited in practices this week. The Saints are next for the Raiders uh, on Monday night. So if Ruggs is a guy that you have in your lineup, if you're in one of the bigger leagues, or if you have him as a flex option... You're going to have to maybe make a decision this weekend on either benching him. Don't leave it for a game-time decision. It's Monday night, and you don't want to do that. So make sure that you are doing your due diligence to not leave yourself uh, in a position where you have to desperately grab somebody that you wouldn't normally grab just so that you have a warm body to be in that spot. Tight end David Njoku was placed on injured reserve by the Browns. He has a sprained MCL, and... While he is eligible to return week five um, based on these new NFL protocols, there is no official timeline set for his return, so we'll just have to keep our eye open for it. Again, he wasn't a guy that most people drafted, and he had a good week, and he was set to be what I believe would have been one of the main waiver wire targets especially for those of you with a George Kittle, for example, who is nursing an injury or something like that. Um, So keep your eye on it. When Njoku comes back, we'll see what the tight end landscape looks like, but he doesn't seem like he's going to be a target or of of much interest until he's back and and things progress from there. As I mentioned earlier, Jamison Crowder uh, is not practicing as of today, Thursday, and He also has a hamstring injury. So whenever somebody is added to the injury report midweek toward the end, that's usually a bad sign. So this is something that Crowder owners are going to have to keep an eye on because it's looking iffy at best for him to be able to go on Sunday. So um, if he does sit, then the Jets are left with almost nobody that you can start. Chris Herndon might be a tight end guy, and I mentioned that earlier. Brashad Perryman, I'm not excited about it, but and he was nursing an injury last week as well. So I guess you stay away from the Jets. Chris Godwin is in the concussion protocol and was not practicing Thursday as well. This is not a good sign for Tampa Bay, who already have mike evans with injuries and tom brady looked very frustrated and almost overwhelmed for the first time in a while and um, it'll be interesting to see what bruce arians and crew do this week if godwin can't go if godwin can't go and you have mike evans fire him up this could be what mike evans owners and i'm one of them (laughs) could benefit from but mike evans has to also show he's healthy if neither of them are healthy, then certainly some of those other guys will get um, will get some looks. Scotty Miller, namely, who was a very hot commodity off the waiver wire this week, he, he would be in line for a larger role, I think, anyway. But either way, he's somebody that if you haven't added him yet and he's sitting on your waiver wire, Scotty Miller from Tampa Bay. Pick him up. The Rams' Gerald Everett did not practice Wednesday. No word on whether or not he's going to participate in Thursday's practice. He's not somebody that's on anybody's fantasy radar anyway. If anything, this just makes Tyler Higbee all the more interesting. Um, As far as the Rams go, I don't think their offense is going to become what it was two years ago. That said, Higbee's interesting. Everett is a non-thought. Nobody has him anyway. I'll move on to former Ram. Brandon Cooks who is limited in practice Wednesday as well. Cooks has been hurt quite a bit guys and if you're relying on him to get a full season you d- don't. Um, I would caution it very much. Now he didn't look great in the the contest last week against the Chiefs so what I would say is if you have Brandon Cooks in your lineup you want to sit him until you see something come uh see something out of him that warrants starting. I honestly think he's a guy that you can probably cut, but we we're not going to get into the cut aspect of the start and sit until after week 3. After week 3 I'll start to do a start sit cut as part of my segments, but Brandon Cooks, he's hurt. He definitely um is somebody that is expected to play Week Two against the Ravens, but the Ravens aren't necessarily a team you want to take a chance on him with. AJ Brown for the Titans limited in practice as well. He reportedly got a knee injury on Monday Night Football when he was um, when he went against the Denver Broncos. He had an okay evening, five receptions for thirty nine yards and. You know, Corey Davis was also banged up, but he had the better game of the two. This is definitely something to monitor as Brown is a starter in most leagues. If Brown can't go and Corey Davis does go, then Davis could be in line for another big week, something that we will touch upon in the matchups. He also didn't practice with a hamstring injury, so both of these wide receivers will keep an eye on. Maybe John Smith becomes a beneficiary of either or both of these guys not being able to play. Brandon Ayuk, who um, is nursing a hamstring injury for the San Francisco 49ers, he practiced in a limited capacity on Wednesday, and he expects to be ready to play and run some routes um, in practices, and hopefully they can get him onto the field. And he actually could benefit if George Kittle is not able to go in week two, Kittle himself is dealing with a knee injury. And while he is uh, hopeful to play and he he hopes to take the field, that makes Jordan Reed an interesting ad as the tight end or uh, apparent there should, um, should Kittle miss time. Deontay Johnson for the Steelers um, has a toe injury, and he did not practice as well on Wednesday. This is coming off the Monday night game against the Giants, and... It could just be that he has the day off to rest up, and it's not that big of a deal. He did look good, despite an early muffed punt return and and then a couple of miscues with Ben Roethlisberger. He converted 10 targets into 6 receptions for almost 60 yards, so he actually accounted for almost a third of the Steelers' target share. So he looked to really build some chemistry with Ben Roethlisberger, so Deontay Johnson, while he did not practice Wednesday, if he goes, then he's a guy that you could possibly flex out. James Conner didn't practice on Wednesday. Now, this is just unfortunate for a guy that you can root for. Cancer survivor, all-around good guy, hard worker, and just fits the mold of the Pittsburgh Steelers. But he's never healthy and he didn't look good even when he was in the game so if he suffered the ankle injury after running the football then he didn't look good anyway i honestly think that yes he may have he may have uh suffered an ankle injury as they say he avoided a high ankle sprain i don't i don't think it's his job anymore i think that benny snell is going to run with the ball uh, and just take off with it the steelers don't usually run a committee approach, and I don't think they're going to hear as well. Benny Snell looked very good. So it's just something to, to monitor if you're the Connor owner. Golden Tate was limited in, uh, Wednesday's practice with a hamstring. He missed the Week 1 matchup against the Steelers on Monday night, and he while he remains limited, he is hoping to play. With Darius Slayton having the game that he had and Sterling Shepard also playing very well... Um, Tate may not make an impact right away. However, getting Golden Tate back into the fold could be huge for Daniel Jones and company, who looked much improved against the Steelers Monday night, even though they were unable to get much going in the second half. Miles Sanders, who has been hampered with a, a lower body injury, which many people surmise is a hamstring, practiced in full for the first time Wednesday. That is great news for Philadelphia, who really need him and I still caution everybody that he's not going to be a full a three time a, a three down back for you guys in Philadelphia but if you have him and you drafted him and he plays you're going to play him Julio Jones was limited in practice on Wednesday. Now my feeling on this is Jones plays through injuries year in and year out. He had a great game in week one. Nine receptions, 157 yards on 12 targets. That's not going to change. Julio's going to be out there. Julio will play. He may be limited in some capacity, but he's going to get his share of the targets. Devontae Parker For the Dolphins. Limited in practice. He may or may not play. So we'll have to see how this all plays out. Um, If he does not play. Then Preston Williams. Should definitely be. uh, A full part of this offense. And get some some targets. And um, if you do have Parker on your team. Just Watch and see how the next two days play out. And if he gets the green light and plays, he's definitely startable. Although I think he's more of a low-end wide receiver, too, or flex. George Kittle, as I mentioned earlier, I just want to give you an update on it. He did not practice Wednesday. He does expect to play. Even though he's expressing optimism that he is going to play, it's a knee injury for an athletic tight end. This needs to be monitored. You drafted George Kittle early so you expect him to play you better have a backup option in place if you do not you're going to get burned go get yourself a tight end if chris herndon is available grab him if jordan reed should not be rostered in any league grab him put him on your bench for kittle because He will get the targets that Kittle wasn't getting. He may not have the success that Kittle would have had, as he is older and less athletic now in his career. But Jordan Reed can still get the job done. And for a one-game situation or a two-game situation, you could do worse than somebody the caliber of Jordan Reed. Just something to consider. As I mentioned a few minutes ago, Preston Williams will be Um, a full participant in practices moving forward barring injury so he should be good to go for the Miami Dolphins Juju Smith-Schuster did not practice Wednesday that's something that both Steeler fans and his owners need to take note of however this is more a situation where they played Monday night and they're giving some guys a few extra days off ahead of week two so he should be back out there today. I will double check that, and I will post. If there's an issue, I will post it on Twitter. But um, we'll keep an eye on the situation if he's not up there, but he should be practicing today. Justin Jackson is held out of practice. We mentioned that earlier in the week. I don't think he's going to be a, a really a contributor with Joshua Kelly breaking out the way that he did last week. I think Justin Jackson might be relegated to third on the depth chart in Los Angeles. Cortland Sutton practiced for the first time and is listed as questionable for this week. I am a Cortland Sutton owner, so I do hope he plays. I think I'm going to keep him on the bench one week just to see what happens. But a shoulder injury, it's tough. And playing against the Steeler defense isn't exactly an optimal um, matchup for him. Deshaun Jackson was held out of practice to limit his workload. All I'm going to really say about that is, last week, being the only healthy wide receiver in Philadelphia, he should have had a boom game. His game was meh at best. I know I had him. He got me some points. I won the week. Yippee. Yippee. Deshaun Jackson isn't somebody I'm starting ever again. I think his days of of being a good option are over. If he couldn't have gotten the job done as the only guy in that, and now with Miles Sanders coming back and with Dallas Goddard breaking out last week, Jackson is somebody that I'm just not interested in. Zach Paschal didn't practice on Wednesday for the Indianapolis Colts. That is merely just means that they're going to continue to go with guys like ty hilton and paris campbell in this offense so jack doyle also missed practice but there's been no reason for that so we'll have to keep an eye on that if you do have jack doyle make sure that he is active if you're going to start him if he's active you start him duke johnson practiced wednesday so he should be there to spot david johnson Although David Johnson should get the bulk and lion's share of the carries and even the, the the catches from Deshaun Watson, Duke is available just in case. John Brown has missed practice for the Buffalo Bills with a foot injury. This could be absolutely huge. John Brown had a great game Sunday. Um, hopefully this is very minor and he's able to go back out there. But if he isn't, Gabriel Davis would be, you know... A, a wide receiver option, perhaps, for the Buffalo Bills. And since the Bills are looking to throw the ball a lot more these days, then John Brown, if he's healthy, is somebody that you're going to put out there. Philip Lindsay apparently suffered a toe injury in Monday night's action. They're, they're listing it as turf toe, although he is seeking a second opinion. It looks like he's going to miss some time, making Melvin Gordon possibly the the three down back there for a time. And and Gordon looked okay, 15 carries, 78 yards, and a touchdown. But he does look to step up and become that three down workhorse, at least in um, Phil and Lindsey's absence. So we'll have to keep an eye on that. It could be a bump in. Gordon's value Philip Lindsay you're most likely going to sit him even if he plays he didn't have much action before getting hurt and a toe injury is a tough thing for those of you out there who run a business you're most likely using an outdated website if you even have one set up at all that's where Bove Design comes into play Rob and company have the tools and expertise to set your business up for success don't just take my word for it Follow them on Instagram at bove.design, that's B-O-V-E dot design, and you can see their custom work firsthand. You can also check out my Sharp new logo as well when you've uploaded or downloaded this podcast as it was made courtesy of Bove Design. So make sure you hit Rob, the owner, up on IG, throw him a follow, check out his work. If you're looking for graphic design work, web design, or even a custom logo like the one I have. So now we're going to break down each game and go over position by position the players, what their usage should be, and how I feel they're going to perform, and where they rank, whether they're an RB1, RB2, for example, or a flex option, same for wide receivers and so on. We'll start with the Rams versus the Eagles and the loss of Gerald Everett basically, by default, makes Tyler Higbee a tight end worth starting. You're going to start him anyway, and he should give you some production from the tight end position there. As far as the wide receivers go for the Rams, Robert Woods and Cooper Cup. They're going to be wide receiver two flex options at best. I think we've seen what this Rams offense is. It's going to have a running back by committee approach, which I'll get to in a minute. But it limits the amount of passes that Jared Goff is going to throw. So I believe that Woods and Cup are both on the fringes of wide receiver two, more on the uh, 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 more on the precipice of a flex option there. Jared Goff top 15 starter maybe, top 20. He's nobody that you're starting unless you really are desperate at quarterback. Cam Akers and Malcolm Brown. Malcolm Brown had the better week. I've been telling you that I like him better of these two, and the reason I do is he's been here long enough to know the system. He always finds the end zone. He's incredibly efficient. He's the back to own here. He is the back to start here. He has running back two potential. Here for uh, week two, I don't think Cam Akers has much more than a flex capacity at this point in time. On the eagle side of the ball, Miles Sanders is now back in the fold, seemingly, after logging a full practice. Assuming he goes, he's going to be the primary ball carrier. He's not going to be a three-down workhorse. We, we've talked at, uh, about that at Nauseam. Miles Sanders is a, a fringe running back, two coming off of his injury. He could do better than that. And if he's healthy, he's definitely a running back, too. He's just not this workhorse running back superstar that everybody had him painted out to be. Miles Sanders is starting in your lineup if he's healthy, and you're going to put him in there in one of the two running back slots. You can still possibly start boston scott maybe as a flex option here but that is something that you really need to consider um before doing it i I wouldn't I, i really honestly i feel more comfortable this week doing it than i do moving forward if miles sanders is in fact playing on a regular basis stay away from every single wide receiver on the on this team i don't trust any of them after deshaun jackson last week as i mentioned was the only healthy guy going in there and he really wasn't involved so Wentz is not a quarterback you should be starting either I would rather even have Goff than Wentz at this point he's overrated we've talked about that so really the two that you should be starting are Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard I think this is going to be a two tight end thing going forward while I do think Goddard has the potential to really break out if the contract situation with Zach Ertz becomes an issue however Ertz still should get some goal line touches or goal line looks and has the potential to score a touchdown. So you're starting both tight ends here. Uh, and Miles Sanders, those are the three starters in the Eagles lineup. Giants versus Bears. It, it, this is a weird situation here as the Bears are, are seemingly the better team, but the Giants have all these options on the fantasy side of the ball. So we'll start with New York. Daniel Jones is not terrible. You shouldn't be starting him. He's not even a streamer, but he's not terrible. His wide receiver options, however, Darius Slayton is turning out to be an absolute stud at the wide receiver position. We can't ignore this any longer. He might just be their number one option. Sterling Shepard still is there and still can make the plays and the catches. Golden Tate most likely will be back out of the slot, and there's always the opportunity for Evan Ingram to make an impact. So, You're starting Slayton as a wide receiver, too. Shepard is also a wide receiver, too. I would relegate Tate if he plays to a flex until you see what he's up to. And you're starting Evan Ingram. Now the Bears. Trubisky is an interesting streamer this week, but I don't think he's a starter for you unless you are really desperate. Montgomery looked really good um, coming off of his groin injury. He's a go as a solid running back, two for you if you have him on your team. Tariq Cohen was a bit disappointing. I would say flex him until you see more out of him. Allen Robinson, wide receiver one. Anthony Miller had a decent game, but I worry about him on a week-in and week-out basis, though I would give him wide receiver two slash flex, low-end wide receiver two, flex opportunity there. Falcons and Cowboys, weapons galore here. We'll start with Atlanta. You're starting Matty Ice. Fire him up. He looked locked and loaded and ready to rock and roll. Todd Gurley had a really, had a Gurley-ish game. It, 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 I, that sounds funny to say, and I don't mean it in that way, but he did what he does at this point in his, in his career. He had 56 yards rushing, I believe it was, and a touchdown. He was somewhat involved in the passing game, maybe not as much as you would like, but then again, they have wide receiver options here as well. Um, You are starting Julio Jones as a wide receiver one. I think you're starting Calvin Ridley as a wide receiver one at this point. And although Hayden Hurst was iffy and didn't look great, if you have him on your team, and, and you there are worse players, I suppose, although I wouldn't call him a tight end one. He's just kind of a fringe player at this point. The Cowboys. Zeke does what Zeke does. He is the safest play, safer than McCaffrey at this point. And I only say that because they're so bad down there that I don't know what's going how that's going to play out. But... If you want to say that uh, McCaffrey's safer, I'm fine with that. But Zeke is the second most safe player in all of fantasy football. He's going to get you what he gets you. Close to 100 yards or, or more. A couple of uh, scores off the on the ground. He can catch a pass for a score like he did the other day. Locked and loaded running back one. Dak... I think people need to back off the fact of what he did last year. Dak didn't show that up until this point, and he's not showing it so far this year. That doesn't mean he's not a good quarterback. I like Dak Prescott. He is a quarterback two, not a quarterback one. Wide receivers. At any given time, one of these guys or multiple guys can be your wide receiver one, but none of them are at this point. I would say Cooper and Gallup are wide receiver twos, and I don't think C.D. Lamb is anything more than a flex option if you want to start him at all. The 49ers and the Jets. We might as well start with the 49ers. Garoppolo is a fringe starter. I, I wouldn't start him, but if you're desperate, if you're in a bigger league, fine, you're going to go ahead and do that. Their wide receiver core is a mess. I wouldn't go near that at all until you see something come out of it. You are starting Raheem Mostert. If you have him on your team, you're starting him. You are not starting any other running back. If you're in a deeper league, a PPR league, where you need a, a desperate flex play, maybe Jarek McKinnon, as he was somewhat involved in the passing game, but you're you're starting. Raheem Mostert as a run, solid running back, too. George Kittle, if he plays, he's in, period. Again, a streamer or a weird option is Jordan Reed if George Kittle is limited or doesn't play. On the other side of the ball, the Jets. I don't know what to talk about here. If Crowder is healthy, you're starting him as a flex option or a wide receiver 2, low-end wide receiver 2. You're not starting Sam Darnold. You're not, hopefully, starting Frank Gore. Although Frank Gore could very well be a streaming option if you're desperate. Because he'll get you maybe 50 yards on the ground and possibly a score. So he could sneak in 10 points for you. But you could do so much better. There's upside there to be had. I would almost rather take Josh Adams, to be honest with you. I wouldn't want either of them, but Adams might be the guy I go with here. Chris Herndon is startable at tight end. No other wide receiver would I even touch. If Crowder's healthy, you put him in there. Otherwise, that's it. The Panthers at the Buccaneers. Carolina, of course, you're going to be locked and loaded with Christian McCaffrey and DJ Moore. Moore may not have had the game you wanted him to have, but he those games will come. He's far too talented not to. Robbie Anderson is somebody that... He had good games against the Raiders last year as well. He's going to be hit or miss. He is a wide receiver three or a flex at best. No other, I, and and I, I, I'm not a Curtis Samuel believer, so I'm not even going to go there. And Teddy Bridgewater, while I like the kid, he he definitely plays really well. I don't think he's a fantasy option for you. The Buccaneers, at this point, we need to start talking about sitting Tom Brady. I know, I know, calm down, Brady fans. I. He had an okay game. He rushed for a touchdown. Is he going to do that every week? No. He looked frustrated and overwhelmed. He is not with Bill Belichick anymore. And I know this is going to kill Brady fans, but he was a product of the system. Look at Cam Newton. Cam Newton looked amazing last week. I'm not saying he's going to be the worst quarterback in the league, but I certainly think there are better fantasy options for you. You're sitting Gronk at this point. Let's be real, people. He is not the Gronk that you remember. I I really don't I, I think of the two here, you're gonna be starting O. J. Howard over him. Howard is a tight end two, but you can start him because tight end is is that type of landscape. And where things get interesting is the running back situation. Ronald Jones looked amazing. And if Fournette wasn't here, then Ronald Jones I'd be talking about inside the top ten. I don't know what they're gonna do here. I hope they don't mess it up. For, for Rojo. I really believed in this kid, and I'm happy to see that he came into his own. And as much as I like Fournette as a talent, and I think he will, this will be more of a 50-50 split, I'm hoping for Ronald Jones to be the guy. I think they're both running back two starters. Maybe Fournette is more of a flex until you see more from him. And wide receiver, of course, if they play, you're starting them, both Godwin and Evans. However, There is the possibility that both of them sit here. And as I mentioned earlier, there are other players on this team that could very well benefit from uh, either of them missing time. The Lions at the Packers. Now, Kenny Galladay was a no-go at practice on Wednesday uh, for Detroit. So that is something that we really have to keep an eye on. I did not mention that in the... Um, in in the injuries part because I wanted to touch more on it here. And that is because that it it makes Detroit operate so much differently. Marvin Jones will become the main beneficiary here. So if you have Marvin Jones, he is a borderline wide receiver one without Kenny Galladay in the lineup. I don't know if I trust any of the other running backs here um, that were that that played in the game for um, for the Lions. I do think that TJ Hawkinson is going to benefit from this a little bit as well. So you have Hawkinson and Marvin Jones, tight end one, wide receiver, fringe wide receiver one, high end wide receiver two. Running backs, Adrian Peterson looked fantastic. He's going to be your first and second down back. I don't think that's going to be even an issue. It depends on Matt Patricia and how he feels about deandre swift costing his team the game which in effect is what happened if there's punishments like there usually is some by somebody somebody coming from the bill belichick coaching tree i expect there to be something maybe it's carry johnson operating out of the passing game i don't know but low end running back two, high end flex peterson all day the Packers you're starting Aaron Rodgers after that performance you absolutely have to he is a quarterback one top five option this week against the Lions who I don't believe are very good defensively so we'll have to see how that plays out you're starting Aaron Jones as much as I don't like the three-headed monster that's developing there he is low end running back 2 high end flex certainly you're starting him wide receivers Devontae Adams what can you say top wide receiver in the game. He has the potential to finish as the number one overall this year, locked and loaded and ready to go. You can definitely start both Alan Lazard and MVS as a low-end wide receiver two or a flex option. They should get enough volume and the chance to score a touchdown to make them fantasy relevant. The Bills and the Dolphins. I mentioned John Brown and his foot injury. If he plays, he's a wide receiver two for sure with the way that Josh Allen is throwing the football. Stefan Diggs, absolutely wide receiver one potential. Throw him in there, especially if Brown isn't there. I think that helps Diggs a lot. Running game, I really don't know what to make here. I really think it's going to be a split right down the middle between Moss and Singletary. If you're in a PPR format, Singletary is your better option, but Zach Moss is going to get the goal line work. It is a split here, especially with Josh Allen running the football in. Allen, quarterback one. Both of these running backs are flexes at best. John Brown, if he plays, wide receiver two. Stephon Diggs, if John Brown plays, wide receiver two. If not, then you're looking at wide receiver one for Stephon Diggs. On Miami's side of the ball... Devontae Parker, if he plays, flex option until you see if he's 100% healthy. I say Preston Williams, wide receiver two or flex. Now, it, what's interesting here is not so much the Devontae Parker aspect of it, but what this does for Mike Isicchi. Mike Isicchi was somebody that we were kind of high on coming into the season as a, a, a as a dark horse candidate in the tight end landscape and he didn't have a great week but i think he sees an uptick here even if parker plays but if parker doesn't play gasecki is a starter in you in, in a weak tight end landscape preston williams low end wide receiver too these running backs you're staying away from all three of them you just are period the broncos at the steelers with philip Lindsay out you're firing up melvin gordon as a low end running back one now the Steelers are stingy against running backs anyway they held Saquon Barkley of all people in check basically with you know a couple of good plays here and there but he's uber talented and not to take anything away from Melvin Gordon but he's not going to be hurtling people in the open field Gordon will be able to get you some good production and he will be a running back low end running back one but I think more of a running back two this week against Pittsburgh but if Philip Lindsay misses more time, that elevates Gordon higher. If Cortland Sutton comes back, I think you sit him this week. If you start him, you start him as a flex option at best. You need to see what he brings to the table and and how healed his shoulder is. I like his potential. I, I think that Drew Locke was limited without Sutton in the lineup. That bodes well for his owners when he does return. So we'll see what happens here. K.J. Hamler is also... Uh, ready to come back, but again, he's a rookie. We don't know what that what happens with that. Very few options here to start. If you're a Bronco, Melvin Gordon, and perhaps that's it. Oh, and Noah Fant, of course. I, I didn't mean to brush over that. Fant had an amazing game. I think that that is an, a good a good one-two punch for Denver. I don't know if it'll be enough to beat the Steelers. Now on the Steelers' side of the ball. Provided everybody is healthy, with the exception of James Conner, who I'll get to in a minute. Juju Smith-Schuster, borderline wide receiver one. He is more like a wide receiver two with high-end capacity there. You're starting Ben Roethlisberger as a fringe quarterback one. More like a 12-15 to option, I would say. Wide receivers... I mentioned Juju. Deontay Johnson is a very interesting uh, start. I think he's a wide receiver 2 option at this point. That kind of relegates James Washington to a bench player. You're not starting either of the tight ends. Moving to running back. Healthy or not, I would not start James Conner. I don't think it's his job anymore. Benny Snell is the guy here now. Those of you who have either of them or both of them, make your adjustments accordingly. Snell looked good last year. He looked amazing on Monday night. I think that, I mean, he didn't score. If he had scored a touchdown, then it, we'd be talking about him as as definitely a start of the week. I think moving forward, it's his backfield. And you know the Steelers always like to rely on that one back. So Benny Snell is the guy here. I say I say borderline running back one for Benny Snell. The Vikings and the Colts. The Vikings had an interesting situation here. They were forced to throw the ball more than they would have liked. And there was a uh, there was a uh, 65-35 split between Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison. They both had the same amount of rushing yards. However, Cook did get the touchdowns there for the Vikings. Dalvin Cook is fire. Uh, you fire him up as a running back one period. Madison is not anything more than a speculative play, a bench player. Wide receivers. Adam Thielen, fire him up. He's really the only game in town as far as what what Kirk Cousins is going to throw to. He is a wide receiver one. I'm not starting any of the rest of those guys. I'm not starting either tight end in the in Minnesota, and I'm not starting Kirk Cousins. So there you have it for that. On the Colts side of the ball, Rivers is a really good streamer this week as the Viking secondary looked putrid last week. So if that's the case and they're really that bad, then River should have a good week this week. Quarterback two, maybe quarterback three, but even even so, he could actually have a really, really good week. That is good news for T.Y. Hilton and Paris Campbell, in my opinion. So fire those guys up as well. If Jack Doyle plays, then he's a startable tight end. The running back situation you're starting both Jonathan Taylor and Naeem Hines. It's going to be a one-two punch, much like what they have in uh, in Chicago with uh, David Montgomery and uh, Tariq Cohen, and like they've had in other places. So you're definitely going to see this. So either one of those guys you can start. I would say both are running back two options this week against the Vikings. We'll see. Um, maybe Naeem Hines is more of a flex play. I am playing him as a running back too, but I'm kind of forced into that position. So we'll see how that all plays out. Jacksonville at Tennessee. The Jags. Well, Gardner Minshew looked amazing this week against the Colts defense. Is the Colts defense really that bad, or is Gardner Minshew that good? It's somewhere in the middle. Minshew is a good streamer. He could be a fringe starter for you. I, I wouldn't start Robinson or anybody else on this uh, as a Jaguar rusher, quite honestly. I mean, Robinson's going to get the bulk of it with, with the other two not really participating at this point in time. But I'm worried against the Titans. That, you know, so I would say, all right, if you're looking at it from the standpoint of where they rank, James Robinson is a running back two option for you if you have him. You're starting him, certainly, but it's whether you flex him or put him in the running back two. Um, wide receivers. Keelan Cole is a fringe starter for you. Wide receiver three or a flex. You are starting DJ Chark regardless. Fringe wide receiver one. I would say upside wide receiver two. But those are your Jacksonville Jaguars. I wouldn't start anybody else. On the Titan side of the ball, you're starting Derrick Henry as a running back one. Boom. That is done then you look at the rest of the team you have to look at injuries right Corey Davis coming off of that big game uh, making a statement there if he's ready to go you're going to build on that and start him if A.J. Brown is ready to go. You're starting him as well. Johnu Smith looked okay, so if you have him on your team and he's your only, uh, only tight end, you can start him. If you have other options, I might go that route until you see something more. Tannehill looked good as well, although he is nothing more than a streaming option for you. The Washington football team and the Arizona Cardinals. We saw Peyton Barber become the... Uh, the lead rusher for Washington and while he's not very good he seems to be the guy they're going to rely on especially at the goal line fringe running back two running back three or a flex but he's startable for sure you can also start Antonio Gibson as he is going to be somewhat involved in the passing game but he is more of a flex option at best now I don't know what they're planning to do with Bryce Love. I hope they bring him aboard at some point. Um, You're not starting Haskins, certainly. And you're you're going with Terry McLaurin because he is a good option there. And, you know, Steve Sims might be an okay option to start in a, a deeper league at flex as he does get a few targets there. And Logan Thomas is an interesting addition at tight end. Former college quarterback, very athletic. Again, another addition, somebody might want to grab him who has George Kittle, for example. So Washington doesn't have a lot of players there. McLaurin, wide receiver two, and Barber, running back three, flex. The Cardinals, Kyler Murray, fired up and ready as a top five option at quarterback. I'm telling you guys, he's breaking out this year. Obviously, Nuke is ready to go as well. DeAndre Hopkins, he had one of his usual DeAndre Hopkins games. Wide receiver one, top five potential. Bam. Uh, Christian Kirk was kind of quiet, but with Nuke in the in the fold, we knew that might happen. Larry Fitzgerald, fringe starter in a flex role at best in that um, in that wide receiver core. Kenyon Drake was fine. Uh, he wasn't as good as I thought he was going to be, or that I had hoped. And those who drafted him early, uh, they might be a little worried. As Chase Edmonds did get some, some play here. Kenyon Drake is a, he's an okay running back two or running back three option, more of a flex play. And Chase Edmonds at this point is a flex play guys. He seems to be involved somewhat in this passing game. So we'll have to look and see how they play this out. Really, but again, it worries me as a as a Kenyon Drake. Uh, truther, uh, but we'll have to see. Um, We'll have to look at this and see how it plays out. The Chiefs and the Chargers could be poised for a shootout. Now, I don't know how that's going to affect Tyrod Taylor, but we'll we'll start on the Chiefs' side of the ball. You're starting Mahomes. You're starting Travis Kelsey. You're starting Tyreek Hill. Now, I want to talk about Sammy Watkins. He did the same thing last year, guys. He had an amazing week one performance, and then he fell off the planet. I don't know if that's going to happen again. You're Obviously, if you have him, you're starting him. You're going with the hot hand. This could be something that uh they they've decided they're gonna do in Kansas City. But I caution you, if you're if you're benching somebody that you know is good in place of him, try to find a way to fit them both into your lineup. I think he's more of a flex than a wide receiver one. Just saying. You're obviously starting Clyde Edwards alaire. He's the only running back on this uh roster that I'm interested in. So there you have it. You're starting the key players here. They are potentially wide receiver ones in the in in, at least in the case of Tyreek Hill tight end one Travis Kelsey so on and so forth on the other side of the ball Tyrod Taylor has the potential to do extremely well I don't know how he's going to do against Kansas City again this could be a shootout so he should be locked and loaded for good stats he'll run the ball decent amount of the time Tyrod Taylor is is a really good streaming option at quarterback this week Then we look at the running game for the Chargers. We saw last week that Austin Eckler is not going to be the workhorse back. I tried to explain that to everybody back when we were doing drafts. Hopefully you listened because even though Justin Jackson got hurt, Joshua Kelly came in and did what Justin Jackson could have done. Now we're sitting here looking at a situation where it's going to be Austin Eckler and somebody else. Both of them are running back twos at this point. Maybe Joshua Kelly's more of a flex until you see him do it more. Mike Williams, wide receiver two for sure. But I think that, honestly, I think Keenan Allen is more of a wide receiver two or three and possibly a flex in this offense. Hunter Henry, you're starting him as your tight end. So that wraps up the Chiefs and Chargers game, and we'll go ahead and move on to the Ravens and Texans. Baltimore coming off that big win against Cleveland, you're starting Lamar Jackson. There's That's laughable to even think about it. The running back situation, though, is very, very interesting. Almost disturbing if you're a Mark Ingram owner. Ingram with 29 rushing yards on 10 carries. It's also disturbing that J.K. Dobbins is the one that got the two touchdowns. I don't think Dobbins is going to get touchdowns on a weekly basis like that, but I also don't think that Ingram is going to only get 29 yards each week. I don't think either of these guys are startable every week. I guess as a flex option if you've drafted them, but guys, go out and get somebody else that that, that could do better for you, seriously. I really don't think that these guys are going to be viable options for you every single week. Obviously, you're going to start Hollywood Brown if you have wide receivers on your team. He is athletic and he gets the job done. You're also going to be starting Mark Andrews as he is an athletic tight end who it plays a big part in John Harbaugh's offense there in Baltimore. On the Texan side of the ball, Deshaun Watson has a very iffy situation as he has an often-injured number one, and I use that in quotes, wide receiver in Brandon Cooks, and Will Fuller, who had a good game for uh, Houston. I think Fuller is the guy that you start here as a fringe wide receiver one, high-end wide receiver two. You stay off of Cooks. Randall Cobb doesn't figure into the mix here. David Johnson is a borderline running back one. Guys, he's back. He's never left, really. It's just a matter of a couple of injuries and a misfortunate situation where he was benched. I think David Johnson is locked and loaded as a a low-end running back one, high-end running back two for Houston. Deshaun Watson, you're starting him because any given week, he can light it up. He may have to against this Ravens team who will most likely score a lot of points. So this will be a fun game to watch. The Patriots and Seahawks. Another situation where you have a high-powered offense coming in there and a restructured team. You have the Patriots with Cam Newton, who rushed 15 times last week. So, um, Newton is absolutely a fringed top-12 quarterback. The rest of the Patriots, I am concerned about. So, I will honestly tell you that I'm I'm not comfortable starting any other Patriot, with the possible exception... Of Julian Edelman. The Seattle Seahawks. You're clearly starting Russell Wilson. He was the number one quarterback last week. Hopefully that he continues to throw the ball. If he continues to throw the football like that. I've said it time and time time again. He is going to finish parallel with. Or better than. Patrick Mahomes. You're starting Chris Carson. Yes there's reason to worry about Carlos Hyde. And his usage there. But all in all. Chris Carson did catch two touchdown passes, he's involved in, in the game, he's fine. I'm not I'm not gonna downgrade him at all. Um Carlos Hyde might be a good streaming option for you, or somebody who you can possibly put in there as a flex. Wide receivers, I think that you're you're fine with Lockett and Metcalf here and tight end, certainly take a flyer on Olson if he's available in your league. I think he's still got something in the tank and they're gonna use him there in Seattle. We will finish things up with the Saints and the Raiders Monday night football. Michael Thomas we know is out. So look for a huge boost, in my opinion, for Emmanuel Sanders. Sanders' owners can start him as a wide receiver one with no issue here against the Raider defense. Traquan Smith may be uh, somebody you could start as a flex option as well. We'll have to see on that. This elevates Jared Cook to... Uh, must start status, I believe, as well as the tight end for the Saints. Now Breeze has thrown, has shown that he's kind of not, he's not throwing it downfield as much. Now I don't know how much of that had to do with Thomas's injury, but he's also older Breeze, so you're going to see a lot of passes going to none other than Alvin Kamara. Kamara benefits a lot from this too, and nobody's talking about that. Alvin Kamara is locked and loaded as potentially the number one running back this week in fantasy. So when I do my rankings, I may just rank it that way because I really see that coming. So anyway, you're you're going to play um, Kamara as a running back one. There's no question about that. I say you play Emmanuel Sanders as a running back one as well. Breeze is a fringe starter at best. I hate to say it, but it's true. If you have him, you can start him. I'm benching him and putting Roethlisberger in. I'll probably get burned. We'll see. Um, but we'll we'll see how that, that does for me. Latavius Murray, as always, is a flex option for you as he may get some goal line touches. On the Raiders' side of the ball, you're starting Josh Jacobs as a locked and loaded running back one. I don't know what you're doing with the wide receivers. I I, I do think that there is some potential there. But you're not starting any of them as anything more than a flex at this moment. Darren Waller, you're starting him as their tight end. No questions asked there. And Derek Carr, while the potential is there, he is nothing more than a streamer at least this one more week. So there you have it. That is a breakdown of every single game other than the Thursday game and how I think each team is going to play and 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 utilize their players and where the players should fit in there for you okay before we wrap things up i want to go ahead and touch upon a question that i've gotten twice now on social media and i got an email from a listener miles asking to compare aaron Rodgers to kyler murray now i got this on facebook from chris bove as well so i want to address this to uh, both of you and anybody else who had this type of question as it seems like a lot of folks out there have both of these quarterbacks maybe they got murray earlier and rogers later because he was still on the board either way here's what i want to do i'm going to break down aaron Rodgers really quickly and then hop over to kyler murray and then i'll just give you my analysis at the end last season Aaron Rodgers had the worst fantasy campaign he's ever had, but still he finished as the quarterback 9 in PPR formats. He also managed to remain a viable QB option for your team, averaging 17.4 fantasy points per game. Now before the draft back in April, there was a lot of speculation uh, whether or not he was finished were his skills diminishing he he isn't going to be as good coming off of that bad season and again put bad in, in quotes his season was bad for an Aaron Rodgers season not for a quarterback you got to keep that into perspective when you're dealing with Aaron Rodgers now to all of that whether he's washed up or whether you should draft him this is what I'll tell you 17.4 fantasy points per game is perfectly fine for any quarterback that's going to lead you to a championship you don't need more than that it's great to have the Lamar Jackson breakouts or the Pat Mahomes throwing five touchdowns a game that's awesome it's not a reality for most people two seasons ago I won a championship with Blake Bortles on my team wrap your head around that Blake bleeping Bortles Okay, So 17.4 fantasy points per game, you are fine. Aaron Rodgers is not going to tank your fantasy team. This season, he was drafted in the 13th round in many drafts. If he manages 17 uh, fantasy points per game at a 13th round draft uh, position, you, my friends, have got yourself a steal. Week 1 this year he put up 364 passing yards and four touchdowns. He finished second on the week only behind Russell Wilson with 30 fantasy points. He's not going to do that every week. He's going to have some weeks where he's got 250, one touchdown, an interception maybe and whatever. You're going to have your your you're going to have your week ones of the world and your last year's game against the Chargers where he put up I think nine fantasy points. Now let's talk about Kyler Murray really quickly. He started off last year slow and then kicked it into gear using his feet to garner a lot of those points. Rushing quarterbacks are worth more because rushing yards are worth more than passing yards. It's easier to accumulate those. He finished right above Rodgers. They finished 8-9 and last year in 2019. He averaged 17.8 fantasy points per game, so basically they were the same quarterback over a 16-game stretch last year. And he came at such a discount. Murray did. Nobody even drafted him, and those who did got him at the end of the drafts. A lot of people picked him up off of waivers. This year, however, Murray's coming at more of a premium. He is more expensive than Aaron Rodgers, so you're going to look to him to have to. He's going to have to get more points over a 16-game stretch and distance himself from Rodgers. Actually, um, Murray in his first week, 230 passing yards, one touchdown. However, he did have 91 rushing yards and a touchdown on the ground, and he came within inches of a second touchdown in the air, which would have catapulted him uh, to number two behind Russell Wilson. So Murray doesn't have to put up four touchdowns every week in the air to put up points because he does it with his feet. I think that both guys here have top 12 potential for the year however Murray has the upside to be a top 5 if not a top 3 option this year while Rodgers might struggle to stay within the top 10 and he may not even finish at number 9 like he did last year even with the start that he had so there you have it that is, the, uh, that is my analysis both are fine to start I think Kyler Murray is the guy you want in there for the, the long haul but if you have both of them no need to drop them unless you have to. So thank you to Chris for reaching out, and thank you to Miles for dropping the line. I appreciate it. Anybody who wants um, anybody who wants me to read an email or read a question on the podcast, I will do so. Hit me up on Twitter at FFKnowItAll, or shoot me an email at knowitallfantasyfootball at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. I appreciate it all, and make sure you guys keep doing everything that you can to dominate your fantasy movies.